0: Chumba Casino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network
2: celtic state of mind it's half past 12 it's the monday club and check this out hey hey, hey. we're all smiling hey for once and i'm joined as always by the aac and for those who don't know who that is that's the amazing amy canavan how are you amy
1: Oh, this is just fantastic, isn't it? I don't think I've been on a Monday show where I actually have so much to just be happy about. Well, it's absolutely fantastic. Um well, it's just it's great. Um it's almost like you can actually look forward to doing this bulletin. It's it's terrific, isn't it? It's been a great weekend, it was a great performance, and I actually can't wait to dissect that.
2: And I'm joined as always by the Axom's resident rascal and Torag, as <laughs> Russell Boyce. Russell,
3: how are you, sir? This is a unique Monday for me, Tony. I mean, I've been doing the Mondays now for eight months, and I can honestly say I think we've won like maybe on you know five of them or something like that. You know what I mean at the most. Never in the manner that we did yesterday. I've got to be honest. Sometimes there's a you can we might not show it, certainly not me, but you can get a wee bit nervous coming on the Monday because you know you're going to need to. Be a wee bit savage, and you know that there's, you've not got much positive to talk about. And yet, you know, today was just the case of that. That this podcast can't come quick enough. You know what I mean?
2: Well, we'll get straight into it. And across the start line, it has to be said: yesterday saw the return of the rip-roaring, free-scoring, never-dorming Glasgow Celtic. Yeah, yeah. And for those of you who have been on Planet Zorg. Celtic beat Dundee, 6-0 yesterday. <laughs> but I am going to credit someone else, a, a regular Apsom viewer, who who gets in touch with us all on social mm-hmm. media. Goes by the name of the third frame, in the third frame with a touch of Tony Haggerty's yesterday, and tweeted out, high-scoring, rain-pouring, Kyogo soaring. Glasgow very t- good. Very good. Very good. So, I think, in you have to yep. give that a round of applause and tip your hat to the third frame for that one, right? Over. Yeah, he's he's got a good pattern, Tonya. He's a good lad. Yes, he is, and he's very knowledgeable. So credit with you. Yep. So Russell, six nothing, Kyogo hat trick, and many other talking points. Let's let's talk about that first and foremost. Man of the match award, uh, very deserved, of course. But just a great way to ingratiate yourself to the fans. Scored a lovely goal in Europe as well, and then a home debut—stuff uh, of dreams.
3: Oh, absolutely! Kyle for me is just—he looks the breath of fresh air that the front line needed. He's everything that Edward isn't right now at this moment in time, <laughs> and he's everything as yet he's never been in a Celtic shirt, and it's just fantastic to watch someone with that ambition, that drive, that passion. That, you know, it's not just see all the all the sort of uh, mental attributes you're looking for. The thing is, he does it. The key mental attribute is everything's done with intelligence. That is the thing. He's not just running like a headless chicken between the lines. These are well-timed runs. I mean, I know we'll get to it. I mean, that Ryan Christie ball through is an absolute joke. But you also have to be on a similar wavelength to anticipate it and to be running through onto it. That's the thing. Clever players. Uh, work well with other clever players. Ryan Christie looked like a man going, "This is what I'm looking for." You know, someone who's on the same wavelength as me. I'll even look the other way, put a through ball uh, on a plate for him and see if he's see if he's on the same page. Of course, Kyogo was. To be honest with you, I honestly don't think you would have been at a stretch if to see Celtic have won that 10-0 yesterday. I'm not exaggerating. I think I think we were actually capable of that. That is not negativity, by the way. I'll take six absolutely <laughs> every day of the week. Not a problem. But I just thought with the the relentless attitude of them, Tony, was such... They picked okay. double figures yesterday. And, by the way, I thought right up to the end we were trying to achieve that. You know, we were still going for another goal right up to the last the last minute of the game. So, I want to be positive about. If this is Angeball. all I'm going to say, Tony, is all aboard the bus because we can all
2: now firmly say the Ange bus is up and running and raring to go. Now, Amy, I was on the after show yesterday and I... And it wasn't hyperbole. Russell was talking about game intelligence and the way Kyogo played and he reminded me of a certain somebody who used to stick his tongue out and well the international colours of the colours that Russell's wearing right now. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't comparing them. I was just saying the attributes that he showed yesterday because certainly you can't compare the two as of yet. But things that he did reminded me of the, the Magnificent Seven. You know, the way he ran into space, the way he connected with Christie for that pass and the way he took his goals. Now, I don't know what your thoughts were on the Japanese boy, but he's, in terms of hitting the ground running, he's certainly done that
1: you can't ask for a better start, you really can't. Russell's hit the nail on the head, you know, intelligence recognises intelligence. And on in that team yesterday, it was just, everything was thriving because everybody, you know, that front, you look at really when the team was announced, and you thought, how well Turnbull, Christie um, and, and Roggett really all fit into that side. You think, wow, they're it's going to be really quite crammed in there because they're all maybe going to be wanting to do the same thing. It was it was a joy to watch. Everything just clicked because intelligence recognizes intelligence. If a clever player is playing alongside a clever player, it, it's going to be a match made in heaven. You know they weren't all crowded, and it proves that that can work. You know, it's tough when Celtic have such a strong midfield, um, and we've we've had such a an attacking midfield in such quality for for so long. That yesterday was probably one of the first times in a long time that we've managed to see everybody excel, excelling, sorry, in that final third. If somebody was going forward, somebody was dropping back. And Kyogo just leading the line, he was just a joy to watch. Um I think as well, I think you could say it at almost everybody, if it's not Kyogo or Christie is probably not getting the credit they deserve. I thought Abada was excellent as well. You know, that partnership that he's making with Kyogo already, it's a match made in heaven. For two you know, um, to put a bad only 19, that is incredible. But for two to come in so soon... You know, and hit the ground running and to form a partnership the way that they have I know Ryan Christie is obviously new to the partnership as well but he's at least been in the club for a while he's not got the you know the, the new club sort of malarkey he's not been quarantined and he's not doesn't know the rest of his teammates and that's not putting anything against Christie but for the two of them to come in and to have hit the ground running the way they have to have made that bond so quick just to know where each other are I think that first goal um, We um obviously we will go on to dissect it but the ball from a bad across he just knows that his man's going to be there. It's the man that Celtic have been crying out for so long now, probably the best part of 18 months. He's just doing everything. And the one thing more than anything that he doesn't do to what Edward done or didn't do enough for me is the defensive work. You know, it's that one that I think of. He was, I think he was chasing back Cillian uh, Sheridan and he matched them defensively and, and, he, and he won the ball. His work rate was phenomenal. He looked like he wanted to be playing for Celtic and it was just a joy to watch.
2: The first two goals, Russell, the two crosses, pinpoint. Just impossible to defend, and if your striker's there, you will score. Bottom line,
3: simple
2: as that. Football can be a simple game at times, and those two goals it's the hardest thing to do. But Celtic Mm -hmm. made that look simple yesterday because the supply was right, the running was right, the game intelligence was right, and just everything, as Amy said, fell into place. Uh, You know, yesterday it clicked, and when it clicks, it can be a joint you watch but those two goals in particular they're the ones that please managers because these are the things you work on in training you're down the line you whip the ball in and, and the striker should be there and if he's not there then you ask questions but that's what pleased yep. me so then, once the second goal went in you, you kind of felt the game was over and then it was a question of can they go on and, and score as you say three, four, five six goals which they eventually did
3: yeah, I mean, we were talking uh, last week about we cannot be relying on moments of man- magic from yeah. Tony Ralston, although we'll get to that, because he did repeat the trick. Um, but that go at Tyncastle, you know, was so far removed from every, every other... We didn't really create many chances there, and you felt, if we're relying on moments of magic from our fullbacks being in bizarre positions, then there's going to be a struggle. However, what you did see yesterday was, exactly as you just said, Tony, Training ground moves, being executed perfectly. And I've got to give Abada, his due again. I mean, obviously he was in a huff, he didn't get to take the penalty, but I love seeing that. I love seeing that because that's the exact attitude you wanted. No one really wanted to take the penalties last year, apart from Edmar. You didn't have players squabbling over the ball, did you? Because everyone was in a state of shock at the, the, the season. You've got a guy like Abada setting up that first goal. Israeli, really 19 years old, settling in time. What's settling in time? He's made a mockery of some of the excuses we found for players um, last that came in last summer. An absolute mockery of it. You've got the striker he's playing to coming from the J League, settling in. Period. Nonsense, mate. Don't need a Good players don't need to settle. You know, I'm sure there's there's other variables of settling, and I'm only being flippant when I say that. But they have took the bull by the horns right from the get go. Um, and there's pace on both flanks, both balls that you're speaking about as well. I thought the second one Go can't miss. He's finished with the first one though, just it was very instinctive. I like the look of it. On the volley, it just it was he knew exactly what his target was, where he wanted to put the ball, executes it really well. It's just so much to be excited from when you're seeing pace on both flanks and then you bring on James Forrest. Then <laughs> <laughs> you start thinking, Well, he's got numbers, this guy, you know. But it was only midweek that he'd scored. You know, and you're thinking, That's now we spoke about it last week, you know, the front three sort of thing. And Amy is spot on when you looked at the lineup, you kinda you didn't want to be like questioning it, but I thought, Well, I wanted to see Rogic. I thought it'd be Rogic for Turnbull or Christie. I didn't think it would be all three of them playing as well as a bad and Kyogo. and you start you start thinking, Wow, you know, this is gonna be a midfield that is I'm gonna have to press to impress. Um I don't know if there was anyone getting any feedback there. Or was that just me? Some gremlins in the the system, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, don't know. yeah. I, know, I thought I thought someone telling me to shut up. But like, um, no, I thought the uh well I thought done the mid- good job there, I think. That's <laughs> what you're doing. It's just out there. Um but the midfield was definitely, you know, they were a very forward thinking midfield trio and it worked. It paid off, it was rip roaring as you say. And I I want to be positive about it, but especially the fact that like you say, you start to see the fruits of the labour on the training ground.
2: Now, Amy, myself and Russell had a conversation last night, right? Abada and Kyogo. Now, you and I look at that and we think, one man's signed them, one man's wanted them. And no surprise that they're creating havoc, because that's the way he likes to play. He likes to play with wingers and somebody, a clinical finisher, right? So, you look at that and you say, they're Ange signings. So if an Ange you trust, surely the board have to say to this manager, any more where they came from? <laughs> you know?" And say, Ange, do you have a list of players from the A-League, the J-League, whatever league that you think can add to this team and make them better going forward? And I see Russell and I spoke about that last night, but surely that's a question that, you know me, I like, ask the question, should the- <laughs> you should be asking the manager today any more where they came from? And the manager says, yes, hold me right there. If you fund me, I'll go and get X, Y and Z. Because he said in his, in his interview afterwards that the next seven days could be uh, crucial for, for you no know, targets coming in again. And here's Chris, 1980, saying, yesterday was amazing, but hope the performance doesn't make the board think all is okay. Our defence against better teams will be punished. Two full backs, a centre half, and a striker with presence needed. Don't disagree with that necessarily, Amy, what do you think? And surely now is the time for the board to say to you okay, we'll back you. You bring you go and bring in you go and bring in some of the players that you want.
1: If yesterday isn't a shining example and the shining example that the board need to, you know, if to, to have that belief that, right, we do need to back our man here, then nothing will be. That is the, the greatest exhibition you will ever, you know, that the case is proven, really. Um, he's put his blueprint forward and, it, and it's showed off. Maybe it's took a few games, but it's, it's done now and it's out there and that is exactly what what the board are? were clearly waiting for. There's nothing now that they can't be saying, oh, we can't fully get behind this. No, everything has to. You can't tell me that there's not a single person inside Celtic who isn't absolutely delighted with not just that result, but that performance yesterday. And we've known before, kind of been told that, you know, we might score four, but we might concede two with Ange. Well then let's turn to the defense. I think one of the, the greatest things yesterday as well is it was a clean sheet. And I don't even care if it's Dundee because how many times you know we see Celtic and maybe score five but switch off at the back in the 80th minute and concede one. You know, that's disappointing. You take you take the six nil um, sorry, you take a four 0 over the six two sort of thing. You know, it's still the same goal difference, but that clean sheet at the back it's great for Joe Hart as well. He didn't really have an awful lot to do but it's a confidence boost no matter what. I don't care how many international appearances Hart has or Champions League, whatever it may be. That is a confidence booster. It'll be a confidence booster for Starfelt as well. And for Stephen Wells, you know, it proves his purpose and point that he has to be in this side. I think he made a great stride forward into the, well, it'll be the fourth goal for Christie for that reverse pass into Kyogo. But everything just clicked yesterday. So... You know, defence is our issue and it has been our issue for God knows how long. Now is the time to invest in that. And if Ange can obviously really well have a list, he has to have a list. It is now time that the board give him the right back and that he deserves.
0: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Not just a media company. iHeart Media is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. you gave with that Russell, don't you? Because I see we had a phone call, a
2: lengthy phone call about that last night. We did. Were, we were saying we would bring it up on the pod. He has yeah. to be trusted with some funds to say, bring in his kind of players, because that's a, quite a high benchmark in terms of a Celtic performance for the season. We're not going mm-hmm. to score six every game. They're not going to not concede, but it was just a joyous performance in every way. There, you know, everything clicked yeah. and everything won't click every week, but it was a performance where Celtic fans purring, they're raving about it. And yeah, you're giving the, the you know, kudos to the opposition who came up from the championship last season, but that's what you do to teams if you're playing the way and want you to play. Keep going at the yeah. end. You mentioned that chance at the end, there was about four guys, four players try to put that ball in at the end to make it 7 nothing. Superb. You know, they just, they were relentless. They kept going and going. Now, and that's a team still uh, uh, in its infancy or at the building blocks because Anne still wants more players in. He said that himself and in, in the next seven days could be crucial, he said in, the, in an interview. So hopefully the board does, will say to him, OK, who else? <laughs> who else do you know? Who else can oh. you bring in? Scotland. You, have, you have to ask that question,
3: don't you? Yeah, spot on. I mean, the old list that, that we've obviously got there, and we've spoken about it before. You know, there's undoubtedly there's been players brought in this summer from an, a Celtic yeah. list. You know, that haven't been Angie's. Time will tell if they'll all prove to be successful or not. As we as well, we say every signing comes with an element of risk. But Angie's, you know, look at you look at the ones that you know are identified by him, Kyogo first and foremost. Abad that was the first signing. But that's got, I don't know if that's his or not, because that's another one that's got sort of, uh, is the same agent that we've seen quite a few players using, but who cares? Kyogo, we know for a fact, is 100% Angie's man. And what a start that has been. Uh, and what I like about the Kyogo signing as well, he's entering his peak years. He's not a decade away from them. This is a guy at 26 years old. His best years ahead of him. They're going to be spent at Celtic unless someone comes in with crazy money that's already the trajectory this guy is going to be going on. And undoubtedly, even at this stage, already having conversations, you know, in the next month or two about how do we keep hold of this guy if we can keep that form up. Um, but that J-League intrigues me massively because if you can get Kyogo from a rival team, who worked Thunderhands when they won that J-League? He's got to know someone of similar ilk. And what I really like is... If he could identify someone in a rival team to be as good as what Kaioko is, you know, and just don't just take, you know, our word for it. Listen to what Andres and the NASDA says about him, you know. And uh, but if Ange can identify that in a rival team, surely players he's worked through day and day out to make them a champion of that league. Like they were the champ the champion winners only, I don't know, twelve months ago or so. There's gotta be a gem or two out there. Give Ange the reins um and let him go for it because I think Certainly on the back of what we've seen as as Amy says, you know, the strike rate's superb from him so far. Kyogo to me is a big green tick. And <laughs> if we've we've got time now to look at the situation. We've we, he's bought himself a wee bit of time in terms of transfers because he's got two wins in the spin, ten goals in two games. But absolutely agree with the viewer. Do not let the board now think though that, that means this is all oh, right, we'll call it quits there. I actually happen to think the board have so far Back to, I know that we'd rather the signings were in earlier, but if we actually look at the signings as a whole, I'm quite happy with the business that we've done so far. The players that have went out higher, we've got top dollar for, we've reinvested all of that so far I can see, and then you would just like to think, has earned a wee bit of the trust now, I would now say, if you've got anyone else on the Ange list, let's use that list, and let's, you know, not put the old list in the bin, because if need must, we can go back to it, but let's
2: Let's see if Andrew's list has uh, got a couple more gems. Amy, he said it a couple of weeks ago or uh, last week that he maybe wasn't forceful enough with the board. He's now got a good hand to play with the board and say, well, you you give me the, the necessary funds. I'll produce that.
3: That's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm
2: trying to produce on a consistent basis. But I'm um, three or four players short, these are the guys I want. You back me. It's on me again. I'll. This is what we'll do. You know, but should one of those players and we spoke about it after the game last night, should he have a conversation with Christie about staying? Because he seems to be getting a tune out of Christie and Christie's attitude and application, everything for me, the double A attitude and application has been spot on since Anne came in. Absolutely. You to others?
1: Absolutely. You know, but I think maybe even not so much needs to have a conversation. I think if Ryan Christie himself can't now see or want to be a part of this, this project after that performance yesterday, and not even just his performance, but the team's performance yesterday. If he can't get behind that sort of model, then nothing will, you know, nothing will keep him at Celtic. That is the shining example. It's for the club, but for Christie as well. You can't tell me that he didn't love playing in that yesterday. You know, that's probably one of the happiest we've seen Christy in a long time. I like think we look back on, and, um, on last year, you know, he was still scoring the odd goal or whatever it may be, but he was flat. It wasn't really, there was no celebration. And I can't remember which game it was. But I remember dissecting it really well because he just turned round. It was a great finish, but he just looked so unbothered. You know, he was the first to get over yesterday to be a part of that Abada and Kyogo huddle. Um, He was the first to go over, congratulate. You saw him off the ball the minute the goal eventually did go in, that he was celebrating. He looked like he was loving his football again. So if he can't, after that, get behind and really push, you know, to be a want, to want to be a part sorry, of Celtic, then nothing really will. His heart has to be in it. And if it's not after that, then it, it never really will be. For me, I would, I would love him to stay, you know, and it's not, it's not now eating your words sort of thing, because, yeah, we've maybe done a U-turn saying five months ago, Christy out, but... Christie's done a youth turn on his performances. You know, this is the Christie under Brendan Rodgers. This is a Christie who scored however many goals in a season and was doing whatever he was, man of the match after man of the match. Um, and he was an absolute joy to watch. That was the Christie of old. And I think that's why you can have a little bit of confidence. Of course, there's always now going to be that little bit of worry that will we end up getting the Christie of last season. But it's not a total gamble because this is not just based off one performance of one performance of yesterday. This is with the knowledge as well, if we know what he can be for a whole season. If he wants to be consistent, he can be consistent. Um, and I think it could arguably be one of the best pieces of business we do this summer if we keep Brian Christie.
2: Now, I saved the pass for Kyogo's hat-trick goal world-class. You could watch a whole season of football and never see a pass like that. It really wasn't. I don't care standard or level of opposition I'm talking about a footballer you mentioned it Russell too football's been in tune to look that way and execute the pass and for the goal to be executed one touch Cowgirl knows exactly where to run to and what to do but it's the pass that makes it and I compared it to Scott Allen's pass at Ibrook's when Hibbs scored a the goal there's only a few football players that can do that you know there's only a certain few players you know, and, and Ryan Christie, for, that's what frustrates the life of the Celtic supporters, because Ryan Christie has that in his locker. And I said that after the game last night, Amy, this was the the Ryan Christie that broke into the team under Brendan Rodgers in that semi-final. Oh. Field, league Cup semi-final and then just went like that, took off. You know, and if we can get that Ryan Christie focused and playing and the fans can convince him we sign a new deal, then I will start to convince myself that Andy's a, a miracle worker. You know what I mean? So... Uh, it it could be, as you say, Amy, an important piece of business to get that
3: kind of done as well, Russell? Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, right now he's turning everyone's opinion around, as Ryan Christie. I think um, think Amy's absolutely right. He did seem a bit disinterested last year. Do you know what I mean? It's felt like he was disengaged. The fact the contract situation's got to the stage it is means he's calling the shots to an extent right now. But He's not playing like a player who's calling the shots. He's playing like a player with a real desire, hunger to be at Celtic. Now, you could be cynical and say he's playing for a move. <laughs> and the reason he's putting in such effort is because said move he expected hasn't actually you know, uh, appeared yet, which he maybe maybe thought he would get. And he's thought, right, well, if I redouble my efforts, then perhaps that will get interest from other clubs. The positive side is we're getting great performances from him right now. He's contributing heavily to a Celtic side that's won his last two matches. Um And obviously, if we were to lose him, you can then look at maybe getting a fee for him just now and trying to replace him. Or you get another four months of him being in and out, probably the first team, but still getting used to great effect. I think the conversation though, of whether we can keep him or not will need to happen now, Tony. Yeah. I think we need to gauge now, right, Ryan, what is it you want to do? And what is it that you want to stay here, if, if, for, for you to stay here? Now, if he's coming away with crazy money and we can't afford it, fair enough, don't be held to ransom by anyone. But if he really just wants to be in line with, you know, the top first-team earners and you can then get another four-year deal for him, then I'm struggling to see a. I'm yeah. struggling not to make a case for Christy in that sense because when he plays like that yesterday, he can do a heck of a lot of damage to teams. Yeah, And, even when he's playing wide left, he adapted to that role no problem whatsoever. Um, I don't I wonder if playing him wider as well sort of removes that aspect of his temptation to take fifty shots, apparently that he, you know, it seemed like he was doing each game. Do you know what I mean? I wonder if that's you know, channeling his 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 energies into different aspects of his game that are more productive for the team. Because um, it didn't feel like he was making a lot of, you know, hopeful to the uh, best efforts uh, yesterday. It felt like everything was done, like I say, with real purpose. Um, The reverse pass, I mean, we could talk about that all day, absolutely top draw. But like you said earlier, the cross that he does for the, the second goal, superb as well. It's on a plate. That yeah. people ball is impossible to defend. And, you know, I think there was a touch at one point where he assists uh, Rogic goal when he brings it down in the half volley. Oh, I mean, that is... Doesn't matter who, you, who your opposition is, as you say, Tony. Does not matter; it's irrelevant. That technique and the ability to do that, you know, in front of a huge crowd, is again yesterday, It really backed the team. I felt yesterday as well, from start to finish, there was a real, a real sort of positive energy. Yes, and uh, but aye, that touch Christy, I had to talk about that because not only then does he then play the the, the simple ball but the right ball to Rogic. Yeah. After that touch, I mean, you could be. You could be tempted to think Christy last season shoots from that position just because he's all excited that he's in the box and he's took a great touch, whereas he's done the right thing and we get got another goal out of it.
2: And we don't just give you free content on State of Mind, we've started to give you prizes. And as you can see, last month's prize was a signed Verve Platinum Disc. And this month's prize is John Fratelli's Multi-Platinum BPI Award for Sales of Costello Music. And to bring me a chance of winning that, you just subscribe to our YouTube channel. A marvellous prize as well, Russell. I know you like your music. And yep. uh, the man who got the Verve Prize, lucky boy.
3: you know, Oh, so. ve- very lucky boy. A lucky man, you could yeah. say. Yeah, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, I'm getting to that. I just teed that up for you there, last <laughs> you, minute. Did. You, know. you did. Now, not. Sorry. Uh, no, no just to quickly say, so I think the prizes are, you know, I've seen them obviously first hand in, in the studio, and they are top, top draws. So, for the simple way of just hitting a subscribe button, you're in with a chance of doing it. I've seen the, you know, if it was ever to be debated whether the prize was not a lucky a lucky dip, then the last one, Mick Nolan, lives in Belfast. So, Paul is still trying to formulate a way to post the huge frame of the album so anyone has a chance to get the subscribe button believe me it's not right
2: <laughs> you were talking about eating your words with Ryan Christie yesterday I did the same I even applauded and sang the name one Tony Ralston because I'd been a vocal critic of Anthony Ralston Say they might not cut it as a Celtic player fury out on that eh, on current forum because the last few games Anthony Ralston has been magnificent and he's earned the moniker Ralstino for his two goals Uh, I don't know what you thought about Ralston's performance again but it was pretty top draw and that's a cracking goal he scored again and I tell you what the boy is trying to give Ange a headache he knows there's a right back in the offing but he wants to give the manager a headache saying I'm going to fight for the jersey
1: I've been um, under a lot of criticism recently. I've been told I need to watch what I'm saying, that it will come back and haunt me. But that's one thing I never, ever really came to. I think if you look back on any sort of podcast in the January, February time, I was calling out for uh, Tony Ralston because we, I knew how much we needed, obviously, at that time John Joe Kenny came in. I was constantly battering on that. I would give Ralston a, 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 a shot because I think we were probably going to end up being in this position you know, as we are now, I'm not saying that like, oh, wow, go me. But it's one that actually I'm not doing a U-turn on. I'm doing a U-turn on a hell of a lot. But um, I've kind of always been in the Ralston camp probably a little bit longer than anybody else. You know, that is yet again a a stunning goal. If that's, I don't know who you want to say, if that's messy or anything like that, you're probably talking about that and it's getting clipped and it's getting chucked on Twitter for, for weeks upon weeks. He has totally and utterly rejuvenated himself under Andrew Postecoglou, in the sense that, you know, players are very well aware that what's happening in the press and, and whatnot, you can say that they can try and turn a blind eye to it, but when it's as prominent as this, it's impossible. Tony Ralston will be more than aware that the club has been looking for somebody basically to replace him for, for months upon months. There's so many deals and connections and all of this rumours, but he's came and he's went, well... I'm still number one right now, maybe because there's not a number two, but he's grabbed a, the opportunity with both hands. I still think, obviously, we do have to bring somebody else in. There's no denying that. But he's completely and utterly solidified himself as the backup. You know, um, if there's an injury to whoever it may be, I don't think there's now so much hesitation to chuck Ralston in. And I'm not just saying this after maybe two half-decent performances or three, but he looks hungry. It looks like he's playing well within the side and he cares. You know, he has given 100% and I think that's... Probably as much as you can really ask right now. Um, he has totally and utterly managed to block out all the noise around him, and I think he deserves massive credit for that because that's not easy. Um, he's been the or been the prospect of being the weapon boy for a long, long time, and he's always sort of carried that tag. But he's, he's proven everybody really wrong. He's um, walking away. But it's not just a decent performer, one of the better performers. He's not just, you know, making up the numbers and, oh, it's a good performance and a great side. No, he's up there with some of the best performers yesterday. Um, so I, I'm absolutely delighted for him. And again, it's all about the confidence. And I still do think we need to get another one in. But it's not as, um, maybe we don't need to get two. And I think there was an opportunity or there was a, a fear maybe that we were looking to probably have to get two in. But I think Tony Ralston's going to be more than a all at
2: number two? Credit where credit's due Russell you know, for Anthony Ralston or as somebody put him on Twitter, the Bells uh, You Cafu know, uh, and I put my hand up yesterday and, and said the last few games he's, but I also put it down to the manager, good managers make players better don't they and clearly oh, whatever Andy's been saying to uh, Tony Ralston, he's making him a better player, even in the short interim period you, you can notice it because giving your all, to me, is a prerequisite for a Celtic player. That's fine. But Ralston is now, he's adding goals, he's adding awareness. You know, he, he's actually looking as if he's, you know, he he's understanding the position that the manager wants him to play a lot better now. And the last three performances, you, you can't really fault. I find any fault in Ralston in the last three. And hopefully that continues for the boy. And maybe as Amy said there, they won't need two right-backs. He—he. He, He's an able deputy, but work on the premise, I've got the shirt and it's the person that's coming in that has to displace me. And I think that, yeah. that's, the, that's the vibe that Angel will be giving him, certainly.
3: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think angel will sign anyone and give them guarantees that they'll, they'll play every week. You know, to see, even though we all knew Joe Hart would go straight in the team. If you watched his press conference, he was very much about, you know, I've been told I'm here to fight. There's good goalkeepers already here. So, whoever the right back is, and it doesn't matter if we shell out four or five million pounds on him, you've got a guy up against you for that vine for that slot who's done absolutely nothing wrong and is in there on merit now, albeit he's got no competition for the jersey. You'd be backing up Ar- Anthony Ar- Ralston Ar- Ar- right now to be beating his competition for the shirt right now, just such as he's- his double A, as you call it, Tony. Yeah. You know, the, the application and attitude. And we've got to talk about the goal. Oh. You know, left foot, right foot, on the spin, half volley, curls it in the far corner, off. Oh, that's his left peg again. Absolutely outstanding. Imaginative imaginative goal from an unlikely source, or is it becoming a likely source? I can't wait to see what he does with his left peg next week. <laughs> do you know what?
2: That's, that's a bit of gallusness as well, that you're probably not seeing enough confidence to do that. You know, take the touch, turn and swivel, and and bury it. You know, the Altony of, of old wouldn't have done that because he'd probably have been scared they make the mess of it and people getting on his case. You know, so I'm liking that confidence about him now that he's trying things. Went on the maze at Tyne Castle, discussed his options after he'd stuck it in the net. You know what I mean? So, yeah, exactly. you know, So that's, you know, these are a, a signs of confidence and a manager maybe saying to him, do you know what? As Amy said, block out the noise. If you do what I ask you to, you'll be fine, listen to sure. me, you can play, I, I, I've i got faith in you, yeah, you might be the only one that's there, but the manager's certainly putting faith in him and he's delivering, that's that's the good thing and that's all I wanted to see Where Alston and up until a few weeks ago, I wasn't convinced, he's now trying to his level best to convince guys like me and doubters like me, but if he keeps playing like that, then I'll be more than convinced that he has a oh. future at the club. You know, and, and that's me, That that's a U-turn from me because I would have said get, get rid of him, you know, before anything else. But I'm willing to give him a chance because if that's the Anthony Rouse that's going to turn up for the rest of the season, then I'm happy with that.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. good you more, Tony. I think it's absolutely right. And it's an example of a player getting better. And We spoke about the, the impact uh, that Martin O'Neill had, for example, when he came in and he made players better. You're getting the dogs making a racket again. Sorry. <laughs> <Well, I>. aye. <laughs> Goodness me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, Martin O'Neill came in and he made, as much as, people think that there was a wave of new signings when Martin O'Neill took over, but the likes of Thompson didn't arrive till the season had kicked off. Lennon didn't arrive until I think December. You know, he made players better. That was the first thing he did. You know, you, you know, when we look at the 6-2 game, am I not right and think it was Bobby Petto on the left? You know, yeah. And he turned him from a whipping boy into a winger. You know, it was it was like that you could really, you know, you could marvel at at times. And I think those sort of wee examples, if, you, if Ange can do that with Ralston right now, it doesn't mean the situation is solved. And I think that's what the viewer was alluding to earlier. Yeah. It means, and Laura made a brilliant point yesterday, because she said, at my work, I need to know that if there's, if there's jobs to be done, I cannot be hanging my hat on only one person because what if they're absent one day and then the whole thing crumbles. If Tony Ralston was to pick up an injury tomorrow, what do we do? We go out and sign one. Well, my advice would be, whilst Ralston's playing well, let's go get another one in to compete with him because that could actually drive his performances further. Competition for places is a good thing. I want to mention it with, with Edward. You wonder if when he's sitting on the bench watching Kyogo yesterday, there's a bit of him thinking, he's making me look a bit daft yeah." You know, I'm going to seriously, because right now, Edward's coming on and he was all right yesterday. He was all right, but you wonder if his attitude might eventually have to change into, I'm going to seriously need to raise it here because the more he plays like that, the worse it's actually making, or the more average it's making me look, you know? And right now, we think we've got a £20 million striker on our hands, you know. And you, we you, do, he's named Triogo. But I mean... A £30 million, if somebody
2: said. Yeah, yeah. You're right after the, reason,
3: <laughs> the reason I'm bringing that up is because if you could see an attitude shift in edward if, you know, if we don't know if we're going to lose him this summer or not. Let's be honest, I mean, I don't think the floodgates have opened with bids like we were expecting, you know. And if we are to end up dealing with Edward for another half season, season, you would like to think the competition up front is going to be a driver for him as opposed to, uh, you know, putting him out. And I think with Ralston, we've already seen with a manager believing in him, his form go up that be sort of 20 extra 20% in his performances that we've not really seen before. I wonder if competition, trying to get in the mind of Ralston right now, he looks to me like someone who quite likes being the underdog. And he's trying to prove people wrong right now. And maybe maybe the manager himself. And I think, I wonder if competition, could you could actually see Ralston continue to meet the challenges put in front of him? Um, and like I say, that would be more good management from uh, Big ange.
2: Amy, I'm going to come to you on a subject close to your heart and it's called Callum McGregor. Now, Callum McGregor yesterday, here's some stats. He touched the ball 121 times. He's made 101 passes which was a 95% passing rate, I believe. The man's a machine. He's an engine. He's the beating heart of that team. And that wee impromptu huddle at the end, he's getting it. He's loving it. He's reveling in that role as captain. And anyone that can't see Alan McGregor's contribution, to me, you know, I don't know what you're watching. Because he has now taken on the mantle of Scott Brown and is the beating heart of that Celtic team, in my opinion. And he was terrific yesterday. I thought, you know, just over overseeing everything, basically, you know. Uh, and players were allowed to play because Callum was all over the place, you know. Played a real captain's role. I thought, I don't know what you thought, Amy, but I know you're a Callum McGregor fan and you said he was a natural choice for captain.
1: That was the complete performance, the complete captain's performance from Callum McGregor, you know everything you've just alluded to there, all the stats, um, I'm not the biggest stats man myself, but, you know, they they speak for themselves, the numbers speak for themselves. Anybody who watched yesterday, you saw everything good came through Callum McGregor. It it really did. Um, And I'm not saying that Kyogo or Christie don't deserve all the plaudits they are rightly receiving, but Callum McGregor was just always there. You know, I think he revels in that sort of being allowed to be the the sole lower um, and deeper role, sorry. He just he just loves to control. You know, I think it it puts a, a lot of confidence as well in the defense. I think it's definitely going to help Starfelt just having that man just in front of him, not too far in front, but just a little bit. Um so there's always that little bit of cover. Um I think everything Joe Hart was clearly Liking that he was there as well, you know. Any time that was having to opt out, it was there was a vocal point there. But I just thought it was an absolutely exceptional performance. You know, he is epitomising everything that um, that Scott Brown really did and in, and in the, in the, his Celtic career. Um, I think, as you as you say, Tony, I totally and utterly advocated that he did have to be the natural successor. I know many thought he would be, but there were still quite a few doubts, and people didn't think that the leadership was there. If that doesn't showcase the top sort of leadership that Callum McGregor can possess, then then nothing really will. And there there has been, you know, over the, over the last season in particular, it was almost like, yeah, he's vice captain because he played alongside Scott Brown, but he is now making the captain's role himself and and making it his own. You know, like you say, that post match huddle. That's that's a dream to watch. I don't have a clue what he's saying, but that is how you energize and you get. You know, you've got a few new bodies in. You've got Joe Hart, Galabada, you've Abada, Starfelt. You've got these new guys coming in that's what you want to be playing with, you know, that's that's your captain. He is passing off everything good and you can clearly see it. And I just think it was an absolute phenomenal performance and another one that probably will be overshadowed by Kyogo and Christie, and that's okay, but it does have to be mentioned and it has to be highlighted because he was the absolute beating heart of that one yesterday.
2: Fulcrum of the team, Russell, I think you would say, eh? and, and that wee huddle yesterday that everybody saw the pictures, it just made every Celtic fan smile. It gave them a wee glow at the end of the game. It was it was like a goal. It was like, go on, Callum, nice one. Tell them, you know, that it was kind of like, well, didn't expect it, but when the cameras panned onto it, a lot of the Celtic fans were like, that's a good thing. You know, there's a togetherness there, he certainly,
3: mm-hmm.
2: as Amy said there, he's trying to foster that togetherness and that unity, which was missing for large parts of last season.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at the crowd yesterday, 24,000 there. And that is how you get them all on side, you know, by putting a performance like that and then show that unity, show the togetherness. And it was just a moment of inspiration. You know, you could tell it was off the cuff, not premeditated. It was a real impulsive thing that he's done there. And that to me tells you the right man has the armband. He is definitely the right man to be the captain of that club when he's doing things like that. You know, I think Joe Hart looked a bit baffled at first, but then he was like, Oh, exactly. Like, you it. Know, no, no. <laughs> well, what are we talking about? <laughs> talking about? <laughs> but it's moments like that we're going to look back on if it's a successful season and go, ha, that's um, when the penny dropped for this team." The that, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think there'll be moments like that that we look, we will reflect on in the in the coming months, particularly for being successful, and go, "That's when it all started coming together." And Carl McGregor's capitalised on that, executive's his influence reminded everyone that you know this is only one game. I would imagine the dialogue was along the lines of it's only one game, we do that every week from now on.
2: Yeah. You
3: know, we do you know we don't get ahead of ourselves, sort sort of message. Um and that's good to see as well because you're voting as Jamore always says, never get too high when the going's good and never get too low when it's not and Celtic can't afford to get overly carried away. They played against Dundee, they were all over them from minute one, but that's fine. But the game's gone now. Push the reset button, go again. Um, and I, I would imagine with guys like Callum McGregor there, they'll certainly not let any anyone get ahead of themselves. You can see that. And the messages trying to get across, I'm sure, will benefit all the new guys as much as will the existing players as well. Because as we've talked about Christie looking a different player, players are, that were there last year didn't necessarily have to become all poor players overnight. But whatever reason was there was, a lack of harmony, a lack of, I think, clarification as to what their actual instructions on the pitch were. Um, Mm -hmm. Players like to be coached through things. And then, once they win, you can do the old-school sort of pep talk thing that Callum McGregor's done. But before the game, the hard work now with players is to coach them right so every from the first minute to the 90th minute, they know exactly what they're doing. Now, us cynical football fans, more old-fashioned ones, might find it a wee bit like... A wee bit mollycoddling to be doing that, but it's how they like it. What I do also admire though is when you see moments of passion like that from McGregor, which is from a a previous sort of day in football. Do you know what I mean? And that will have a positive effect because it was done after a really successful win. Do you know what I mean? So it's timing these moments of sort of bawling and shouting and revving players up. Pick your moments wisely. Callum uh, McGregor did it a perfect thing yesterday for not just us, but the supporters in attendance as well.
2: And another thing that amused me highly yesterday, Amy, was uh, Ange Postacoglu, after match comments, and he was asked about the (laughs) performance, and then I think the Sky reporter at one point said to him, the only blip was the two players arguing over who was to take the penalty kick, Abada and Edward. And and Ange Postacoglu's answer was, a blip with just one sec still. She's you've managed to find a blip. And I just thought that's a brilliant way to deal with it. You know, it shows a, a kind of humorous side to him, and you know, and and again, batting the question away as if we've just won six 0 and if you're scouring for blips, I'm not going to entertain it, but I'll deal with it humorously. And I'm, you know, I'm proud of my team, you know, and then even on to say that, uh, you know, he liked to see that, and that Abad uh, I just bowed to Odson Edwards, kind of seniority in the team, that kind of thing, you know, but. It, it was a, that was a nice moment as well you know just the manager kind of being being humanist because a lot of people have, you know dug him up on his prickly attitude with the media and stuff like that you know and yeah you're, and he can only answer the questions that are posed to you you know so I thought he, he handled that and dealt with that pretty superbly You
1: can only answer the questions that are posed to you in the same way that you can only beat the team that are in front of you you know I'm not buying into this oh it's only Dundee there's There's many reasons why the reaction is the way that it is. It's probably the main one is because it's the first time we've actually all smiled following a Celtic win after, I don't know, probably for me, a good part, you know, the best part of 12 months. We genuinely are happy after a Celtic win because everything clicked. It's not just the win, it's the performance. As well, I understand Dundee probably will be one of the easier teams that we will face this year. But by no means are they the worst in this league. Um, you know, I watched a lot of Dundee last year and I'm I'm quite impressed by them. They're quite a solid side and they don't get ripped apart that easily. I do th- believe that we will come up against worse teams in the league and I'm not wanting to use the word worse, but I don't think it is as easy as others are making to making it to sound out. And if you want to say, you know, well, they're the promoted side, well, Hearts were the promoted side last week as well. Mm-hmm we weren't beaten at night so if you want to take it on that sense we weren't beating Kilmarnock got relegated we weren't beating them 6-0 last year Hamlin Aki's got relegated we weren't always beating them 6-0 last year six goals and six goals I don't care who it's against but it's the performance as well how many times are we up maybe against a Dundee a Kilmarnock, whoever it may be over the years and in the 80th minute we'll switch off a little bit and concede a really sloppy goal that means that there's a negative in the performance you can still say it's five goals but there's something there because we've conceded and that's been self-extended for so many years it's a complete performance yesterday so I'm not buying into this you know it's only Dundee I understand we've got to it's not getting carried away and flags up that we've won the league but we have to be joyful. You know, we get absolutely slaughtered that we're being too negative and now we're getting, oh, don't be too positive, you know, rein it in a little bit. No, this has been a a terrific win yesterday, a long overdue win and the first reel, as Russell said, the Ange bus is up and running. So it's good to get behind him, it's good to get behind the team, fans are back in, everything yesterday just sort of clicked. So, in the same way that Ange didn't want to, you know, he's like, oh, there's not a blip because it's the complete, it is the complete sort of performance. So, I think, as we've said, we can you know, revel in it today and enjoy it. But then it is all about Thursday night. Of course it is. But I'm not buying into this, you know, oh, it's just Dundee, because you only can play who's in front of you.
2: I agree with that, Russell. And just on Cal uh, Mack, uh, Brian Hartley comes in saying, Captain Cal Mack, making the role his own. He's a gem and already playing at his best. Yeah, I was concerned at the start with him, but very happy to be wrong. There you go, Amy. You've convinced a man that Cal Mack yes. is a leader and inspirational figure and his, yeah. the right manager the armband. Do you agree with what Amy's just said there, Russell, about the complete performance, and if you're scouring for blips, then you're nitpicking, really?
3: Oh, Isn't yeah. And Ange delivers it in a way that's, <laughs> you know, even though he's half-laughing, there is a cutting element to it oh, that you yeah, he yeah. can't help but admire. Um, he's letting him know, you are an idiot, mate. That is basically what he's saying to What an idiotic question that was. <laughs> and, well, and not even the way they worded it, you know, why are you trying to find a negative? And if anyone's in the comments there, I don't even read them, man, because what's the point um, when you're doing the show? If if folk are moaning about being positive, honestly, like, we won 6-0. It's a daily show. We react to the scorelines. 6-0 was a good one. Do you understand? It's not difficult. Uh, You know, it's just get over it, man. Like, just, I don't understand that. Anyway, with Ange, I feel that he's very much in control. In these interviews, I don't think that he's favourite thing to do in the world. But again, talking about giving him the reins to the transfers, look when Ange has the reins, and he right now, for whatever reason, is holding the reins when he's dealing with the media. He's in complete control, and they are unsure or on eggshells when trying to ask him certain questions because they know he is one. He's a one liner away from making them look foolish. And I felt yesterday when he's broke it down like that, they are right. I mean, the only blip. How is it a blip to see two players wanting, demanding a ball to take a penalty? No blip there. It's absolutely no blip there at all. That is just fishing for something negative in what was an outstanding team display. 6 0. We're going to win the league. <laughs> Read that in. You
2: know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> now, speaking of blips, I saw three horrendous challenges put in on, on Celtic players, Amy and one yellow card administered, and we touched on it on the programme yesterday, that Celtic would be quite within their rights to have a word with the SFA about it. It's three straight red card challenges on on their players. You know, now, it's either incumbent upon Ange or someone at Celtic to say what's happening here or get the referees to come out and explain exactly what they've witnessed in those particular instances. Talking about the challenge on... uh, Callum McGregor... Anthony Ralston and Ryan Christie. It was Ryan Christie, wasn't it? You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah.
3: Ryan 100
2: percent It, it was even a foul. The, yeah, it wasn't a foul. Andy Haledy's challenge on McGregor he never received a card. And Ralston's challenge, I think there's a there's a slow move. Well, although you can do these, but the, the guy's two players are off the ground. I think when he connects with Ralston, it's, it's reckless and it's a red card all day long. Uh, and Jerry and Jerry McCulloch and John Hartson are saying that in Celtic TV coverage yesterday you know that they were worrying about kind of protecting your players and I said on a pod last night I don't care if it's Celtic players that are playing You could, and if you done did those challenges to Morelos or Dundee United players or, Heart, or Hearts or Herbs players I'd still be asking the same you see where's the consistency and you know you're not asking for favours you're asking for fairness when it comes to yes. and also you know I want to see footballers play I don't want to see them crunched, you know, and out the game or whatever. I want to see good footballers play for every team. You know, and if you're you're going to have players knowing that they can get away with challenges like that, they will do it. That's my point, Amy. You know, and maybe it is time Celtic sort of said, like, wait a minute, that's been three red card challenges on our players specifically, and only one yellow card's been administered. Can someone explain that?
1: That's the someone one for me, you know, that's an absolute shocker. Um, and I think that is the one that he got booked, doesn't it? So if, if he's getting booked and the referee's seen it, then how is he not seeing that that's a red? It's also like right in front of the fourth official as well. But I think it, it's almost worse the fact that he actually did receive a caution for that because there's no denying it. The referee did see all three and the two referees did see all three. But if you even admit it because you're offering and you're showing the yellow card, so you have to have seen some, some sort of action then. If you are given the yellow, then it has to be a red, you know. You cannot justify. I'd love to read his report as to how that is a yellow card and not a red card. Right. Um, and I wish I could remember, just as you're saying that, I'm sure was it, it was at Hibs yesterday as well. I think um, it should have been down... I think the Ross County should have been down to 10 I'm sure there was a really bad tackle on Hibs but I could be wrong um, so don't quote me but it's just the standard like you're saying like I'm sitting watching my dad last night and you're going God that's another one it doesn't matter that it's just Celtic it's the standard across the board really right now but it is it's all about fairness and it's just it's not the club won't do anything, but they won't. We know they won't. You know, you look at Scott Brown going to eyebrows, everything that he's been through recently as well, and and the club just never defend their players in that sense. Not to the degree that really has to be, and you know, we've got to keep, as you say, asking the question, knocking at the door, showing this like. Basically, it's going to be almost like a Bible now. Incidents so you go, look, our players basically are not being protected, and it's just you know we could, we could talk about refereeing decisions. Decisions, sorry for for hours upon hours, and you don't want to to highlight it or you don't want to digress it, but you, it does have to be highlighted in the sense that it's just not on.
2: I'm not a conspiracy theorist, Russell, by any stretch, and I always say this is just rank bad officiating, and yeah. someone wants to explain the decisions that the referees made in those instances. You know, we're two games into the season and there's been three challenges on Celtic players were they are red cards. And I'm a Celtic supporter, so I watch Celtic games. I can't speak for other games because I don't watch them in depth as I do the Celtic games. So the games that I've seen, three challenges, red cards, instant red card challenges and one yellow card between the three of them. I'm asking about fairness. Yeah. I'm asking what, the referees have seen in those specific instances, and as Amy said, I would love to read the report as well, or I would love them to come out, or someone from the SFA to come out and say, this is why they gave this decision. Because you need an explanation. Or are Celtic going to have to finally say, do you know what, this standard of officiating is unacceptable. It's unacceptable across the board, not just for us, but across the board. You're going to have to do something about it. you know, yeah. And explain
3: why it keeps happening yep there has to be some pressure put on now for me act like a big club is a phrase that you use a lot Tony a yep. big club challenges these decisions they don't just let it, us sit back and take it take 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 because it will get worse before it gets better if that's what you do I watched the one with Christie in particular for me you know the guys when the ball both feet are in the air like mid-air as he's sliding through and you actually hear big bad John who you know how to put yourself about when he was a player, you know? Bit of a physical striker, to say the least, was John, you know? And, and he goes, whoa, 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 as the tackle's getting made, because his heart's obviously in his mouth. He's thinking, that could have really, you know, that could have injured Christie badly. Not even a foul. And you've got an ex-professional in the commentary box whose initial reaction as the challenge is getting made is, whoa, 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 one sort of panic. And the referee is two foot away. Not even a free kick, Celtic. And a, you have,
2: a player knows intent when he sees it, Russell.
3: Yes, and that—that that was the thing. There was something that was really, um, it was really organic. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Harpsen's reaction—you could tell it was a real reaction to it. it wasn't? Uh, I don't think it was uh, done from a Celtic persuasion. I think it was done as a a former player going, "Oh well, you can't do that in the pitch. Like that's just that's not on. I don't understand it. That. That's not a free kick. And decisions like that are baffling. You've got to, you've got two sides to the debate." are Celtic getting a fair crack of the whip? And I think we as Celtic fans are entitled to ask those questions because that is the lens that we watch the football from. We are not watching every single SPFL game, you know, or at least maybe Amy watches it, but a lot more than I do. But I think we have to look at the decisions that aren't going our way and can only sort of take it from that. So when you're accused of being a conspiracy theorist and all that nonsense, you've got evidence there to back up your calls. The referees' decisions should be questioned. If you've got other club supporters with several examples the same, brilliant, bring them to the table. You know, get some pressure put on the SFA here to get the standards raised, the refereeing. But if it's only Celtic doing it, do not look at us and call us conspiracy theorists or anything like that when there is video evidence of shocking decisions at this moment in time going against us. But like you say, flip it. If that's Callum McGregor diving like that with two feet in there, your heart would be in your mouth that your player's going to get sent off. And if he doesn't, you would say, shocking decision. The exact same way yeah. you are right now. It just so something. happens, we're not getting any sort of uh, uh, rub of the green with, it, with the decisions right now.
2: You would say you got away with one if it was one of your players, wouldn't you? Yes. And you would be like, all right, great refereeing decision, but your tongue would be placed firmly in your cheek. Because yep. you know, coming well, there'd be one in the post coming, you know. But I, you know, and I, I just think it's, and again, I'm not a great conspiracy theorist. I just think the referees are rotten. You know, the standard's are not great. But I think there comes a time when you have to see what well, what are they seeing here? Or what are they not seeing? You know, it doesn't like, make sense. It doesn't make sense. You know, and that, for me, would have been the only blip on yesterday. But well, I, I, uh, don't think, I don't even think Ange chose to mention it. But I don't know if it's something that Celtic is worthwhile for Celtic pursuing internally you know when well, you have to ask the question because it can't go that's two games and you've seen three challenges across two games you know domestically that is you know so and if it continues then they are per- they're perfectly entitled to as I always say ask the question
3: that's 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 just my thoughts on it you know I just think as well See it from an Postacoglu's perspective or a Kyogo coming from different, completely different leagues. They'll be sitting there going, what on earth are we playing in here? This is madness. Like, is it, Do they know the rules? Do you know what I mean? Is it, they'll be checking the rulebook in Scotland to see if it's different from other nations that they've played in. If you were a complete stranger coming into this league, which these guys are, you must be sitting baffled, Tony, at what you're witnessing. And the level of ability of these refs or whether the rules just are different in Scotland from other footballing nations. And we've got to look at reasons we can get that improved as well, by the way, because if you don't put pressure on, like I say, it won't get better. But there has to be ways, whether it's about referees going full-time or not. You know, act like, you know, we're we're talking about celebrating a coefficient right now because we're ranked, what, eighth, ninth or something like that of top leagues. It's part-time refs doing part-time work, and it is evident.
2: I was going to go all Celtic bar reference on you and say get a, a copy of a VHS video called Rollerball with James Cairn. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the foreign players at Celtic, will think they're playing that. But uh, No, that's been a very positive show, Amy, hasn't it? I mean, come on, we've been smiling all day, you know, so I'm smiling all hour. I'm, I'm, <laughs> that, you know? I'm
1: trying to be any complaints, complaint, surely. <laughs>
2: I've been Tony Haggerty, that's been Amy Canavan and also Russell Boyce. You've been watching Axon, the Monday Club. Thanks for tuning in.
0: When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.